TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. If you have a guy, to your point, that, I, that you really like and that you know that in the next, if you're a good scouting department, a good management group, you definitely get your scouts knowing what's out there two, three, and four years away. That's a big thing. If you think there's going to be a bad run like back in the day when Atlanta didn't take a quarterback three or four years ago, that was a bad two or three years of really trying to figure out. So if you're here now with some really good quarterbacks, that's when you have to really sit down and decide, is it best to trade back or is it best to get your guy now? Tom Dimitrov on the Patriots Talk podcast with Curran and Perry. Just a way to get into discussing the Patriots and how they should approach this offseason. We talked about it earlier today. We'll circle back to it here on Jones and Mego with Arkan. What's a reasonable expectation for the Patriots this year? Uh, We won't be doing all Patriots this hour. We have Rob Bradford standing by at 4.30 for our weekly chat every Tuesday at 4.30. We also have triple play at 4.45. So you want to talk Patriots, do it now. 617-779. 793-7. How many wins do you expect from the Patriots this year? It's our big question of the day. It's up now at Jones and Mego. You can continue to vote, as a lot of you have. And I get the pushback when people say, hey, it's early. How do you know? They don't have a quarterback. Free agency hasn't started. The draft hasn't happened. We still don't even know the full coaching staff. Who's the GM? We don't know yet. It's, it's a baseline expectation. We'll probably ask it again. I imagine we'll ask again how many wins you expect, you know, right before week one. We'll probably do it again periodically. It's a way to gauge and see where people are at. You know, early on in the offseason, fans felt this way. Then optimism ticked up, or maybe it never moves. I, I would just be curious to follow that trend line. And the reason I like asking it now is because it's a blank slate. So do you have confidence the Patriots are going to do the right thing? If you do... I'd imagine you skew a little higher if you don't. And maybe you don't. I haven't liked much of what the Patriots have done with their coaching staff. Maybe you'll skew lower. So our options are three or four wins, five or six wins, seven or eight wins, or nine or ten wins. How'd you vote, Mego? I voted five or six wins. Look, under no conditions do I think you should be as bad as you were this year, reflected in your record, or worse. You are basically at ground zero of a rebuild. Like, I give you that. But at the same time, you have all this money to spend in free agency. You can get some tackles there. Hopefully, you can get some weapons there. Maybe you resign. I know you don't like this. One or two of your own guys who are coming up like Nwenu or Duggar or a couple of these guys. Um, and then on top of that, you're going out. Hopefully, you use your number three draft pick on a quarterback. That's what I would like you to do specifically because I know Arkan wants us to start being more specific about this. I would like a Drake May. I think a Drake May is going to be a little bit of a project the guy loves to throw pillows to the other team so I think that what you're going to end up seeing here is something more like a six win team with a new coaching staff with uh, a couple pricey nice fun players from free agency and some tackles that Jones is going to hate that they spent money on 
and hopefully like really realistic good case scenario a quarterback who's trending in the right direction a quarterback that you feel the way that the Chargers felt about Justin Herbert a couple years ago but you only have six wins because you're in a tough division and you got a bunch of guys on this staff who are doing stuff for the first time and you have a rookie quarterback and a rookie head coach and I think that that's just a realistic way of looking at it without knowing exactly who they get in free agency or the draft okay Mego says five six Arkan I'm with Mego. I think five six is Clip realistic. That. I think that's. Uh, I think they should be shooting for seven or eight. I think that should be on the high end of what they're uh, looking for this year. And they haven't even started with free agency yet, so it's hard to really say what direction they're even planning on going. But just to me, there's too much work to do. There's too much work to do on the offense. You're tearing it down to the studs. You're building it back up. Quarterback, wide receiver, offensive line, basically everything except the running backs. And you might even need another running back too. Like that's. It's just. It's such a big project that I feel like it's going to take a while to really. Uh, bear fruit so I'm going to say this year is not the year that it happens maybe the year after that if they make some right calls they have to hit on everything to get I think more than six wins this year Okay, they better win seven or eight games (laughs) they better win seven or eight games this year they won eight in 2022 and they sucked it was Patricia and Judge Mac was terrible Mac was benched for a stretch in there like they won games without Mac ironically like 2022 was a disaster they won eight games. So this team should win seven or eight games. And while, Arkan, you say it's a massive rebuilding project? On offense, yes. Okay. First of all, don't put running back in there. You can find it. You have Ramondre Stevenson. You can find another running back. That's easy. Fine. Uh, and you just said what I was hoping you would say. The, the defense is, I think, overrated. But the, the, de- Elliott. the defense has pieces, right? We mm-hmm. feel okay about the defense? Yeah, yeah you look at like Gonzalez and Jadon Okay, and I don't want to overrate it, but I feel okay about the defense. That's an NFL defense, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. That's, that's not a very glowing review, but sure. Okay. It's a CFL offense and an NFL defense. <laughs> okay, but like the supply is there for what they need to do. You keep talking about how hard the rebuild is. The supply is there. They're drafting in the top three. People think there are three quarterbacks, one, two, three. So the quarterback is there. The supply is there. Oh, they need receivers. That's the, It's always there in the draft. Not that they've been able to draft one with Bill Belichick over the last 20 years, but it's always there in the draft. And this feels like a year where it's there in free agency, right? Yes. I mean, we've been through the names before. Evans, Ridley, T. Higgins. Pittman Jr. Michael Pittman. Maybe you trade for Stephon Diggs. Maybe. Colin Coward was talking about this today. Maybe Justin Jefferson's available. And you can make a move for Justin Jefferson. Okay. I still I like Hollywood Brown. I like other guys. There are names out there you can go get. Never mind in the draft. And if you want to get to this, there's a lot of tackles out there as well. In free agency, sign on when you, if you need to, Mego. Or Tyron <gasps> Smith. You let us have that? I mean, after other stuff, sure. Get the quarterback first. Get some receivers. If you want to throw okay, some money after him, when you. Mark the date. That's the first time that he said he's on board with re-signing Unwenu. Or Tyron Smith. Or draft a, February ta- 6th. Draft a tackle in the second round. Like, you act like there's no way to rebuild it. The supply is kind of there. No, I think they're. I think they will rebuild it. Like I want to say, you I don't hit think on it's, all those things. I don't right? think it's impossible that they're back in the if playoffs. If you sign Mike Evans, I have a feeling you're going to hit. I think they can win a playoff game the following. Not if you're whipping the quarterback. I I don't think that they're going to be in the playoffs this year. Like so, we're talking about the difference right now, okay. Jones. You I and said me. they better win seven or eight games. I know, I know, Jones. We're talking, but we're talking about the difference between I say okay six games, you say eight games. Just looking at what they had, what they were going against in 2022, okay, you maybe you lose both your games to the Jets, and that's the difference between six games and eight games because I don't think your division 
is going to be as bad as yeah. it was in 2022 overall. Yeah, I think the Bills are going to be a little worse I'm because they have this aging team. I think the Dolphins will probably be kind of the same, and the Jets will be better with Rodgers. You shouldn't be worse than you were in 2022. That That's the baseline. You should be, at worst, as bad as but you were in 2022. But trending in a terrible direction. Sure. So maybe you're a six-win team, but you're trending in a really good direction. Is a rookie going to play worse than Mac did that year? Yeah. I'm not sure. I think a rookie happen. could. I mean, sure, it could, but I, I don't. I I hope to God you're not getting. I mean, that if level you end up with play. like, a, I I hope so too. But that's why people are so afraid of but taking was, a quarterback at three because okay. they're worried they're going to be in a Zach Wilson. Mac situation. was one of the worst quarterbacks in the league that year, and he was mm-hmm. even worse this year. So like, maybe you're going to get another terrible quarterback. I don't see how you're going to be that much worse off. And you have tons of money to spend. And the good news is, I think they're going to spend it. Now, Arkans right. Maybe they spend on Calvin Ridley and he gets hurt week one. Or Mike Evans is too old or something like that. Or they draft a tackle or a wide receiver in the second round and they're a bust. Maybe that's what happens. Mike Evans isn't going to make it. Mike Evans is going to kick the bucket like Biden. So, you know, look, I I just wonder, when it comes to this roster, I don't think it's as dire of a rebuild as you make it out to be, Arkin. Like, there's supply for the quarterback. There's supply for the receiver. There's supply for the tackles. I'm not worried about the running backs, and I like running backs more than most, but like I can find a backup running back in the draft or in free agency, another Zeke Elliott off the scrap heap if I need to. And their defense is okay. Like just that that's that's eight wins like that. And I think they can be a playoff. Can team. they make it work? They were one of the worst offenses last year. They're bringing in an entirely new coaching staff. That should be a good thing. But you don't like the coaching I staff. I don't, but I also don't overrate coaching in the NFL. So like, yeah, do I love the coaches? No, I don't. Well, but the I, players can make up for it. I think it. it's a little different though when you have no continuity, really. I mean, what's your continuity gonna be? Like Remindry Stevenson and a couple pieces of the line. Why would you want any continuity from last year? I don't No, but I'm saying when you're bringing in a whole bunch of new coaches and a whole bunch of new players, either free agents Most of the or coaches young doing guys it for the from first the draft. Time ever too, yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. I, I think that there's just a lot of hurdles there and you were already one of the worst if not the worst offense in the entire league. Yeah, I think change on some level is a good thing. I agree that there's supply out there, too, by the way. You're right about that, and we've talked about it, and I've talked about all the ways I want to rebuild the offense and ways I'd like to try and do that that sort of push the quarterback off to the side. So I don't disagree with you on that. But what you're talking about is like a four-leg parlay, you know? Like you have to hit on all those things in order for it to pay out. Didn't crash, Those don't often happen, you you know? I'm just saying. You never hit on four-leg parlays? Not very often, no, I don't. Ryan? (laughs) Yeah, of course. They happen. It's rare for me. I mean, look, I'm not saying my hit rate's great on those, but I hit on four-leg parlays. Fine, I'm just saying it's tougher the more things you have to add on to it. you were just a wide receiver hit, away or just an oh, offensive line away or just the quarterback away, those would all be one thing that you could focus on. You're all of those things away, and you have to hit on all of them. That makes it a lot tougher, I think. I hit on two far, uh, four-leg parlays, fart-leg parlays, four-leg parlays on, uh, <laughs> right. on Divisional oh, Weekend. Okay. Jimmy the Greek over here. Yeah, no, I'm just, I'm just saying, but like, if that's your analogy, yeah, I don't, feel, I don't hit on every four-leg parlay, but they hit. Let's not pretend like it's impossible to turn this around next year. And by the way, I'm being nice and saying seven or eight wins. If I really wanted to drive it to the team, I'd go nine or ten, which I think is possible. Like, I don't think that's this outlandish thing. But what am I going to hold them to? They better double their win total. And they better be at least as good as they were in 2022. And if they're not, they're on the wrong path. And Mayo might be wrong, and Van Pelt, and Bozo McAdoo are wrong, and Robert Kraft, Jonathan Kraft, Robin Glazer, they're going to be under a microscope because they better win seven or eight next year. 617-779-7937. You can vote at Jones and Mego. What's the win total for the team this year? Blank slate. How do they turn it around? How would you turn it around? And furthermore, I don't like what I'm hearing about the Patriots and trading back, taking tackles, and then I look at Elliot Wolf's drafting track record, quote-unquote, while he was in Green Bay, not like he was running the show, and I don't like that either. 
doesn't bode well on that front. We'll get to it right after trending with Arcan. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates Father's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. It's Jones and Mego with Arcan. Arcan, it's so good to hear from you. Why don't you just talk about shit? Arcan, why don't you talk about I don't know, I zoned out after he said that nice thing about me. I didn't listen to the rest of it. It's so good to hear. That's right. On WEEI. If I didn't know anything else about them, nothing, it's Jaden Daniels all day long for me. Mm-hmm. All day. There's a gap from Caleb to Jaden, and then there's a gap to me from Jaden to Drake May. Mm. So I'll tell you, th- this is, this is going to be very, very interesting. But Caleb has, is definitely, there's a gap, a significant yeah. gap. It's interesting from Lewis Riddick mm. on Get Up. Mm. Mm. Sounds mm. like Arkan mm. looking at the chips mm. over there. Mm. 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 Presented by mm. Wise Snacks, which we're very mm. thankful for. Mm. He mm. says a big gap from mm. Caleb Williams mm. to Jaden Daniels, then all the way down to Drake May, which I reject. I don't buy into. I like Drake May better than both of them. And I like Jaden Daniels. You know I like Jaden Daniels. I feel like I liked him longer than most. But I don't put him in the same class as the top two guys in the draft. So. Why is that? Just because they were the two all the season? Well, yeah. I mean, I feel like they were identified early. I don't like some of the other stuff with Caleb. Like, athletically. No, I'm talking about Jaden Daniels. Yeah, I just feel like he's starting to rocket up draft boards, which is fine. I liked him as the third quarterback in the draft as late as September. I never thought he was going higher than Drake May or Caleb Williams. That's all. I guess we'll see who's right, but I liked him. And I'm not down on him, and I'm fine with him. If the Patriots get him at three, I like that. But if they hate him, they better go get Drake May to Arkan's point, or they better go get Caleb Williams. Well, that's why Arkan doesn't like your take on this. What? Because you're happy with Jaden Daniels or Drake. Yeah, yeah, but I'm telling you, I would take Drake May. If, if it's up to me, I want Drake May in the draft. So okay. go trade the number one. I told you that before. I told you that earlier today. I told you that yesterday. Go trade the number one if you want. But if you know you're going to get him at three, and, you know, I feel like everybody knows Williams is going one. Unless you're buying into him trying to force his way to Washington at two, which might be a good thing for the Patriots. If these quarterbacks are shuffling around, that may not be a bad thing for the Pats. But anyway, I'm curious about this quarterback class, and I'm curious how many wins you think the Patriots can have this year and what's realistic. Uh, it's up now at Jones and Mego with Arkin, our big question of the day. Uh, the leader at last check, right around 50%, was where you two are at, five or six wins for the Patriots this year, uh, which I think is low. And it's not like it's massively low. It's not three or four wins. It's not, as somebody just texted in on the text line, 37937, 2-15. Do you know how bad they have to be to win two games? That's intentionally bad. When you are that bad, yeah. you're being intentionally bad. You're sitting players. You're trading assets off. And even when you do that, you sometimes end up with four wins. I mean, did anybody win two games last year? I should know this off the top of my head. Was there any team that won two games? No. Yes, I'm sorry. Carolina, Carolina. won two games. Yeah. So I think only five teams, I counted this out earlier, only five teams won fewer than six games. They should not win three or four games, never mind two. 
So five or six to me is still too low. They won eight in 2022. They should at least be that. Does any part of you look at the Panthers as a cautionary tale no. because of how they drafted no. and how poorly it went? No, because they didn't do anything around the quarterback either. So, look, I think the quarterback is more important than what they do around them, but the Patriots should do all of it because the Patriots are deficient everywhere. If they sign their own version of Adam Thielen, then that's not enough, and I'm going to I'm gonna chastise them for that. They have deficiencies. Their quarterback has to look better than Bryce Young. Although I've started to talk myself into Bryce Young a little bit, given the coaching <laughs> they have there. I kind of I like the reclamation projects that Canales that has been around. That coaching doesn't matter. Well, but he's, I mean, look, he coached up Geno Smith. Ultimately, at the end of the day, you still have Geno Smith, and you still have Baker Mayfield, so you're not going anywhere. But could the coach get a little more out of guys? I've never said you can't get a little more out of players. It helps on the margins. And his last two quarterbacks have been Geno Smith and Baker Mayfield. Can he make Bryce Young look better? Yeah. TBD. I mean, we'll they see. scare me a little bit when yeah. I like. I mean, they scare me in terms of when I'm like, "Hey, take a quarterback, take a quarterback." Then I'm like, "Ooh, a Panthers." I Ooh. just, yeah, I just, I don't, I don't expect Bryce Young to be, you know, the next big thing. But can he be better than last year with a different coach? Sure, I can buy in on that. So I say seven or eight wins. Only six percent. I'm sorry, seven percent. Say nine or ten wins. The leader is five or six at forty six percent. You guys let us know. 617-779-7937. We'll talk to you on the phones before we talk to Rob Bradford for our weekly chat every Tuesday at 4.30. I'm excited, Rob. Uh, That's five minutes from now, so mark it down. Steve's in the car waiting patiently. Go ahead, Steve. Hey, how you doing? Hey, Steve. Hey. uh, I'm going to stick with Zappy. Beef up your front line. Give him the time that you gave Jones in the game against the Bills. And he'll be just fine. You need a, you need another uh, you need a stronger front line, another receiver. Okay, I like where your head's at. You got the money because you you got rid of twenty five million dollars with Belichick. Okay, so real quick, so, so you're hang on, you're beefing, you're, hang on, you're hang still on, paying Belichick. Steve, you're beefing up the offensive line. Yeah, and Belichick's salary doesn't yeah. matter when it comes to spending on players. Uh, you're beefing up the offensive line and getting some receivers for Zappy. Is that what you're doing? Yep. Okay, it's not my plan A, but I don't hate it. Where are you on that, Arcan? Um, I'd rather do that for Mac Jones than Zappy, if that's what you're going to do. I mean, so th- so this is where I draw the line. Obviously, I don't need to see more Zappy. Uh, he should be on the team, and he can be the backup, and I'm fine with that. But they should be taking a quarterback over Bailey Zappy. But I-, I will draw the line there. If you're running it back with one or the other out of those two, Mego pick Mac or Zappy. Zappy. Mac deserves to go somewhere else. Okay, good. I, I don't think he's going to work anywhere else, but fine. We can watch Mac from afar. We'll run it back with who Zappy. Who do you think you will also, if you're trading, who do you think you get more for? Oh, Mac. Yeah. Definitely. So that's easy. He's a first-round pick. People are stupid. Uh, Cal is in Quincy. Go ahead, Cal. Yeah, gentlemen, they had a really tough schedule this year. Ladies and gentlemen, obviously. Thank you. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I'm looking at it from a you know, half-full type thing here. Um, you had Judon go down. You had uh, Gonzalez go down. And you still had a top-ten defense. So you're not that far off with defense. I'm telling you right now, if they get the right guy – and it has to be in the third pick, go get the kid, the wide receiver, and, and, and call it a day. And then you can start building your line. You've got plenty of money to, to grab some free agents and stuff. You're not going to repair this offense in one season. But you can, with that defense, I mean, literally, they were exhausted. They, they were constantly on the field. It, it, was, it was crazy. It was yeah. that. So it says here he agrees with me. We actually don't agree. He's saying <laughs> he's saying take a receiver, beef up the line, win games on defense. That's not what I'm trying to do. He agrees with you that they're not far away from winning yeah. eight or nine but that's or But, but yeah. we're going at it completely differently. Right. So, like, what, not being that far away is fine. And you know what? It's a fair point by him. Uh, other Patriots fans have made this before, and I try not to be, you know, too much of a, a, a baby fan. 
But it's like Gonzalez and Judon, you said this earlier, Mego. They get those guys back. The defense should be better off. I think their defense is fine. I don't think their defense is great. But you don't need a great defense to win eight games. And you don't need a great offense to win eight games. Well, you do if you're like the Browns and in that situation. The Jets won seven games last year. The Jets stink. The Jets have good pieces on their roster. You don't even have what the Jets have around their quarterback. Okay, but like, I don't know. Like they have a they have Their a, offensive line stinks. They have a really good defense. And they had Zach Wilson at quarterback. They won seven games. And in they fact, have Garrett Wilson. Okay. And but, they have the, the little running back. What's I know. his name? Brees Hall. Yeah. Brees Hall. Okay, so I Jets like, have a much better roster. Than yeah. Sure. But they also, I hope, have worse quarterback play last year than the Patriots are going to have this year. Who knows? They're going to do worse than Zach Wilson. And who are some of the other guys they brought in last? Tim Boyle. Tim they're not going to. They will not be worse. There's no way they're worse than that at quarterback next year. I'd hope not. No but chance. I mean, Zach Wilson was a top well, three pick. Well, here's the so. thing. Okay, so like, I, well I, I'm be. sorry to keep going back to this. How but... about Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh stinks. They won yeah. ten games last year. Yeah, that's a playoff that, that's team. That's a that's a better comp. Pittsburgh to me. stinks. The Bengals have a pretty good roster, at least on offense, not on defense. They won nine games with Jake Browning, a big chunk of it. Okay. I take the Steelers' were offensive roster a million times over the Patriots. Eh. Absolutely. Najee Harris and those wide receivers, are you kidding me? It's much better than what the Patriots I don't know have. that Harris is that much better than Ramondre Stevenson. If you sign receivers, you can, you can have better receivers than Pittsburgh. Najee, Fine, but Najee. they drafted those guys, and you didn't sign them, and you didn't draft them. So that's why I'd take theirs okay. over but, yours. But I'm just telling you, the Patriots have, again, Arkan, you're looking at it right now today, which, like, fine, they don't have anything on the roster right now today. Duh. They also have a bazillion dollars in free agency to go spend. The Raiders and the Broncos. Other both, teams have money to spend, Joe. Both eight-win teams. I know, but the Patriots are third or fourth in cap space? Yeah. Okay, so not many more teams have more money to spend than them, and they have the third pick. It's not that they have more money to spend. It's that if it's one guy that they're all looking after, then another team may be more likely to sign him just because they don't want to come here. Yeah, so give them more money. Okay. You have more money than all but three teams is what I'm telling you. So, so you give them all more your money. money to one player. I mean, it doesn't work like if that. If the player's Mike Evans, yeah. If the players Calvin Ridley, sure, or T Higgins, or whatever, I don't think it's going to take that much. I mean, the mo- the most of what receiver makes is thirty million, and none of these guys are going to reset the market at receiver. I don't. I think. don't think so either. But there is going to be a cap eventually, right? No one's going to reset the market, so it's going to come down to this offer or that offer. Okay, they have Patriots enough. Are not attractive. Do they have enough to overpay on two receivers? Yes or no? Depends who they're over. Of course they with. do. Well, you have to overpay. Of what if it's do. with Houston? You have Houston to overpay on a tackle too, most likely, unless you're going to draft a tackle and have them out there in week one. That's not my question. Can they overpay on two players? Two players, yeah. Arkin? If they're going up against Houston, no. Of course they can. Houston has the same amount of cap space they do. Okay, but they can't. So, but uh, is Houston going to outspend them? I don't know. You can outspend them. You absolutely can outspend them. Well, so anybody can do anything, I guess, in this hypothetical. So, yeah, fine. Okay. Anyone can do anything. But I'm just saying, don't draw a line in the sand. Are, you think the Texans are going to go all out for two receivers? They have Tank Dell and Nico Collins. I have a feeling you're going to be able to outbid them on receivers, and you have a higher ceiling to go spend Maybe. on those receivers. Maybe. I have a hunch. So, like, I'm not worried about the Texans. And. I don't. I, I'm not asking guys to take a hometown discount. I'm saying if you offer them the most on the market, you're going to get them, and you have a lot of money to spend. Uh, let's go to Tim in Hanover. Go ahead, Tim. Hey Jones, I think you're right. Thank Seven, you. eight, and nine wins if they overachieve. The thing is, they got to take Harrison three, and then they can go and spend that money, like they said, and shore up a little of the line Who's and the get quarterback? some guys in the draft on the line. What's that? Who's the quarterback, Tim? And it, the quarterback, they got to pay for a quarterback. Who? They got to get some money on a quarterback. Yeah, who? And what they like got to do is take that, either Mac of, and we got to take Mac or, and throw Mac in the mix. Okay, what? This is the second guy who says he agrees with me? And then he <laughs> says draft Harrison and run it back with Mac? That's the last two calls. Both of the last two calls did that? 
Or was it two guys ago who said zappy? Like, they're like, oh, yeah, I yeah. agree with you. Run, draft Harrison and run it back with Mac. Uh, that is not agreeing with me. That is like the no, opposite. I'm glad of you have supporters. Keep calling in. <laughs> that is Please not. Keep agreeing with Jones. I want to make people know that, that, that you are not agreeing with me. Well, if you're that's not what you agreeing with do. Jones. Jones actually wants to trade down, <laughs> he wants to take a defensive player with the 11th pick, and then he wants to just fill out the offensive line. That's me. So for Bailey Zappi, <laughs> for I Bailey Zappi, I do feel like we're talking a little bit. And and Mego, it's it's. I wanted to ask this to the last caller. I'm happy you asked this one. It's like sound like an owl. What Who? do you, what Who? do you want? But what do you Who? want them to do? If you want them to take Harrison at three, where are you getting your quarterback? Arkan ultimately has said Bo Nix, which I feel like he doesn't really or love Michael Penix or I, McCarthy. Mm, I feel like I, he doesn't love that he's been pinned down to just Bo Nix. Like that's your quarterback. I've been saying next Bo Nix for months. You no, no, dummy. No, no, but that's what you wanted them to draft. But that's your plan. No, now, now I sure. believe it. That's now your believe, quarterback. Now yes. I believe he really believes in Bo Nix because his, he got like so mama bear defensive. That's his quarterback. That's his solution for the Patriots. Okay, I mean I'd rather take one at three. Call me nuts, but Bo Nix could go in the middle of the first round. I don't know how you're getting him in your in your scenario. I don't know how you're getting you him. You can trade back up. So that's what you're doing. Yeah. You're trading up from 34 and packaging You get packaging Harrison at three, then you package whatever you have to do. I don't know if that's what you really care about. Your future first. Uh, yeah, you could do a future first. Sure. You could do another uh, a future Bo second. Nicks? You could do other things. Sure. This is Arkan's plan. Yeah. You have lost me. Maybe not a future first. I don't know if it would take that much. It depends on to what move the... move from 34 to 14 is going to cost you a lot. Well, I don't think it's going to be 14. I don't think Nix is going to go at 14. I, I literally just saw him in a... It's just a mock draft, but I saw him in a mock draft. Oh, I literally saw a mock draft that saw him going at 35. So who gives a rat's ass? Okay. We all see mock drafts. Okay. I'm just saying, if that's where he ends up going, if it's later in the first not round... Not me? I don't Or uh, so early in the second just round, you could probably move into that okay. without it being uh, giving up all that So much. your plan is either trade a first-round pick or take him in the second round? Yeah. Okay. Or trade for Justin Fields. Seems I'd like be a right lot. with that too. Uh, it's not, no, no. None of this. See, no, see this is where it doesn't feel like a plan for the quarterback. Thank you. It's you're, it's you're hi- three different ideas. Arkan, you're hiring the offensive coordinator for the Patriots right now. You're no, like, I'm well, not. Alex, no, I'm not. Alex Van Pelt, Plan I'm Z. I'm building the offense differently from you. You're on to Plan Z. You're the one who said, "Well, maybe I'll get Drake May, but hopefully someone else won't draft him, and I can just wait till three. And then if not, I'll get Jaden Daniels, who's five foot ten, and hopefully he's going to save the offense. I mean, I mean, please, like you guys are not. You're Daniels not that much five, different 10? from me. He's a small guy. Caleb Williams, they're both small That's guys. An you don't, they're both little guys. You don't think taking a quarterback at three is different than your plan of finding a quarterback in the middle no, of the first round or round two? No, but you're not locked in on or one Justin of them. You'll Fields. just take whoever falls I am. to you. You're I, doing both those things. I, I'm not you doing both those You say that, things. but you're not. You're not trading up to number one. I what? I, I already said I would trade up to number one. Mm, yes. You're pinned down on it now. I'm you're backed pinned. into that corner I, now. You haven't been pounding the table I'm happy. saying trade up to one and get I, Drake May and nobody else. I don't think you, you haven't been saying that this whole time. I don't think you should do that. If, but if you like him, you sh- you. Have, I already said I said I would trade up for Caleb okay. Williams if they like if Caleb you, Williams. If, if you can't overpay for a franchise about what quarterback. You think they like? I'm talking about what you would do. I am answering you. I said I would draft Drake May first overall. Okay, I've been so saying, you Arcan, trade everything and move up to number Daniels one overall. Daniels is six feet four inches. Yeah, Daniels dumb. is six foot. All right, fine. Caleb Williams is short. Then. You That's scared I me. I was like, I've been backing Jaden Daniels over here because I think he's like a long, tall, slender man, and instead I find out he's five ten. You know, I'm not about these under six foot quarterbacks. I mixed him up with Caleb Williams. How he is dare a small you, guy, though. How he dare is a skinny you put guy. that on me, Arcan? Jaden Daniels is skinny. He's a how skinny dare. quarterback. Okay, well I he got no skinny, problem with skinny. But he's not five ten. Not short. I was right. Skinny's fine. I'm five ten. Williams is short. Williams is like 5'11", 6 feet, something like that. You're not 5'10". I think you're 5'11". I just, Arkan's Arkan's plan is just, it's all, he's pinned his his hopes to Bo Nix, which is Arkan just murdered his credibility. What? He he really did. Because he said Jaden Daniels was 5'10". I mean, I mixed him up with Caleb Williams, who is about that height. I don't. That's one of Little the reasons guy. I've been out on Caleb, Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams is 6'1". I don't. I, you don't know anybody's height. How tall six is one, Caleb yeah, Williams' mom? Over that. He's about six feet tall. <laughs> what, what's the bosom height? 
And anyway, Jaden Daniels is skinny. That's what I was thinking. He's a skinny quarterback. There's nothing wrong oh, with skinny said. quarterbacks. I don't, I don't really know what you were thinking. Tom Brady was a skinny around. quarterback. He was good enough for you. It's not what you said. I am curious what Rob Bradford has to say. He's joining us here on the Harbor One Hotline. What's going on, Bradfo? Oh, Caleb Williams, I'll tell you what. Mean split finger fastball. Let's go. <laughs> okay, nice. Maybe we can get into the scouting report uh, from the baseball world. <laughs> on Caleb Williams. Hey, it worked for Patrick Mahomes. It did. There's no, nothing to dislike there. Uh, when it comes to uh, Theo Epstein being back with the Red Sox, a lot of mixed feelings on this. Believe it or not, Brad Foe, I- I'm the highest on it. I'm the glass half full guy yeah. who loves Theo being back. Arcan thinks it's a PR move. Mego's somewhere in the middle. Uh, what's Theo going to do for the Red Sox uh, in the immediate future? Will he make a difference? Uh, in the immediate future, not really. I don't think it's it's, it's the it's the bumper sticker version is Theo Epstein's back with the Red Sox. Dot dot dot. It can't hurt, and and I, I that shouldn't make everyone tremendously excited, but it can't hurt. It can't hurt, and I do think this. I don't think that Theo would attach himself to a, a team in the Boston Red Sox, even if he's helping with the Pittsburgh Penguins and all these other entities. He's not going to attach himself to a team that that is going to do things the wrong way in his eyes. I think he's a very competitive person. I think that he's a guy who is going to have a lot to say to Craig Breslow as an advisor, but in terms of making trades and all these things, I mean, I don't, I don't know if he's going to step in and automatically have a big impact on things. So, Rob, I saw on Twitter you were hinting at this move before it happened. And when we talked to you last week, I remember you saying something about, like, oh, well, how can they turn around their image over the next couple weeks as, um, as spring training gets before it gets started? How do they turn around their image locally? How long do you know how long it's been in the works behind the scenes that, uh, behind the scenes that Theo Epstein was looking to get back in here in a bigger way? Well, first of all, I knew for that something was up for approximately seven minutes. Oh, uh, nice. I did the, the, the uh, never, never, um, yeah, well, I never, I did the eyeball emoji, which I'm always hesitant to do. But when you don't know exactly what it is, you do the eyeball emoji. Uh, but what's interesting about that, Mayo, is, is that I'll start with the reaction first. Is it so? I put up that tweet, and, and you get the flood of what's going on, what's going on. Jordan Montgomery. So every... You're right, exactly. And then, and then it's the Theo news. And if you had this news in October, everyone would be over the moon. This is a great thing. Here we go. Here comes the off season. But the overall reaction was what? It's not Jordan Montgomery. What? It's not a player. And so I think that that was that was pretty telling about where everyone's mindset is, I think, with this team. And in terms of how long this was in the works, if you go back to those those sound bites from Sam Kennedy uh, when he was asked about is Theo Epstein going to be a candidate, he's like, not for this position. And, and like that's that was the thing, not for this position. And I, I do think this is the ultimate, as they've said, this is the ultimate gateway to Theo Epstein becoming an owner, a, a bigger part of an ownership group somewhere. I, I absolutely think that. Whether that's here or not, I don't know. But for Theo, I think that that's, that's the motivation here. So it obviously has been in the work for, for a little bit. But for me, it was in the work for seven minutes. <laughs> uh, what'd you make of Sam Kennedy's comments that uh, this is not this is going to be a stop on the way for Theo, and that he won't be really involved in in baseball ops? What did you What did you sort of make of Kennedy putting it out there like that? And also, is he is he trying to protect his own role maybe a little bit there? 
I think that I think that it leads to what I said, which is I think that everybody knows that Theo wants to get in in a more defined role in ownership. This is sort of a, a role in ownership, but not really a role in ownership. So I, I think that that's what he's saying. I think Sam absolutely knows this. In terms of him not being involved with the Red Sox, I'll come back to it. When Craig Bres, he 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 was a huge huge advocate of Craig Breslow. He was the reason why Craig a big reason why Craig Breslow's here. He also is going to be a really good sounding board for Craig Breslow. One thing that this organization hasn't had in the last couple of years is the advisor, the the grizzled guy who has been around, who has dealt with Scott Boris a ton, or who has dealt with tra- certain trade partners a ton. There's all kinds of them. I can rattle them off. A lot of teams have these guys. John Daniels in, in Tampa and, and Dayton Moore in, in Texas. A lot of teams have these. And I'm not saying it's the exact role that he's going to have, but it's not going to hurt when it comes to Craig helping Craig Breslow navigate a lot of this stuff. So Sam can, can backtrack from that or say uh, he's, he's going to be more just as much in the, involved in the Pittsburgh Penguins. I don't buy that. I don't buy it. And I come back to the same thing. You guys know Theo. He's a competitive guy. He's a competitive guy who really, really likes baseball. I think that he'll do whatever he needs to do to help his buddy, Craig Breslow. So I'm curious how much Theo's been involved the last few years. You mentioned he was a big advocate for Craig Breslow. He's worked for, um, and I forget the name of the firm now, that's been an investor in FSG since 2020. How involved has he been with the Red Sox the last few years, and how will that change? I don't think he's been involved hardly at all, if at, at all. And and he is, you remember, I mean, he was working for the commissioner's office and he got a lot of kudos, rightfully so, for pushing across a lot of these rule changes and, and being sort of the, the spearheading that whole situation. So that's been a main, main focus. In terms of the Red Sox, no, this is, you have to remember, is that, yeah, sure, there's people left over from his regime and Brian O'Halloran and Eddie Romero and Raquel Ferreira and these people, but ultimately it was Heim Bloom. And other than both going to Yale, Theo Epstein and Heim Bloom didn't have any connection. This was Heim Bloom's show. So I do think that, you know, this is obviously going to be different. But in terms of any imprint that Theo had on the Red Sox, I don't think there was any. All right, Brad Foe, uh, the, the main thing that I, the main problem I have with all of this and the reason why I'm skeptical of it is because it seems like the organization's philosophy just isn't to spend. It's to be thrifty. And so I wonder, like in 2015 when Dombrowski got here, did he convince them to let him spend or were they already sort of like, all right, we're planning on spending. Let's bring in a guy who's good at spending big. And that's why they went with Dombrowski. Is that, is that accurate or am I sort of misremembering things? No, I think it's both. I think it's both. I think that they were willing to spend. They were still in that course correction mode that they had been for a long, long time. And in that case, you know, you have to remember, if you aren't willing to spend, you don't pay $40 million more than the next guy for David Price. And so they they gave Dave Dombrowski, a guy who does spend, the keys to the kingdom. Now, when you get to 2019, there had to be a little bit more convincing that Dave Dombrowski had to go to to John Henry and say it's worth signing Chris Sale or whoever to this deal. And then when that blew up in Dave Dombrowski's face, that's when they're like, hey, we gave you your chance. Now we're going to go another route. You have to remember, I I think that people don't remember this enough, is that go, go back to Moneyball. The movie Moneyball, where where fake John Henry sitting in the Red Sox press box with Brad Pitt, right? And and he's trying to get he's trying to get Billy Bean to come to the Red Sox. Remember, 
they there was a reason why John Henry was enamored with Billy Bean at that point. It's because they were doing things in this new way that maybe wasn't going to cost as much money and it, it was going to be well ahead of the curve. There's not that much of a difference to how they approach the Heim Bloom hired. The new way, the Tampa Bay Rays way of doing things, we don't quite have to be just shock and awe with the spending. And I still think that there's an element of that, that they're going to be the smartest guys in the room where the Texas Rangers, the team that spent so much on Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon and Nathan Avaldi, they were the smartest guys in the room. All right, he's Rob Bradford. Check out his work at WEEI. You can also follow him on Twitter, at Bradfo. Check out his podcast, Baseball Isn't Boring, and his weekly appearance here with Jones and Mega with Arkan every Tuesday at 4.30. Rob, we appreciate the time. Thanks so much. Always a pleasure. I'll talk to you guys later. All right. Thanks, Rob. Rob Bradford is all our guest. Joins us on the Harbor One Hotline. So it's both on convincing them, but also you know changing course on how they want to spend. I hear him on the Billy Bean analogy. Has he made that before? Did he make that with us last week? Or have I have I seen him make that analogy on Twitter? Um, Hyam Bloom is not Billy Bean. <laughs> you know, like, Billy Bean was established and was a big league GM, and Hyam Bloom was just along for the ride. Like, Hyam Bloom, for all intents and purposes, was Elliot Wolf. He never ran the show. He was just there in the front office in Tampa. And so they were hoping some of the magic pixie dust wore off. But Billy Bean had done it. And, yeah, John Henry wanted to cheap out way back when. I still like the Henry, uh, the uh, Theo signing, rather, and uh, or elevation, or however you want to put it. Like Bradford just said, he didn't think he was all that involved the last few years. So make of that what you will. I'm encouraged by it. But to Arkan's point about Sam Kennedy and his comments, if it's just a stepping stone and Theo's using them, I'll be out. Uh, and I'll say I was wrong about it. I will continue with your feedback. A lot of you waiting patiently. 617-779-7937. You can jump in on the Patriots this offseason. The Red Sox and what they're doing with Theo Epstein. And we have triple play next. It's going to be a triple play. It's time for the triple play. Yes. Triple play. The top three burning questions of the day. And there's three. Jones and Mago. Triples is best. Triples is best. Triples makes it safe and treat your Valentine at the 99 restaurants February 13th and 14th and enjoy delicious menu specials like the lobster topped haddock or the New York strip and lobster casserole combo. You gotta love the nines. It's Tuesday, Jones and Mago. That makes it an over under Tuesday. So let's hit our first over under. Number one. Mego, we'll start with you since you are the hockey queen. Bruins' final point total for the season. They are currently on pace for 119 points with 71 through 49 games. So let's do it over under 119.5 points. Do they hit their projection, Mego? Yes or no? Well, I'm going to start by saying I don't love that dig that you took at the beginning. I called you the hockey queen. The hockey queen. Mm-hmm. That's a compliment. Yeah, that was sarcastic. You think so? I I, no. No. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was not. It's not our it style. It was maybe a little mean to Bridget Prue, but not, you know, I mean. Yeah, put some respect on her name. Is, that is her she nick- the hockey queen? Is that her yes. nickname? No, she is the hockey Bridget queen. Bridget the though. hockey queen. Oh, I, didn't yes. know if I didn't know if that's how she referred to herself. I didn't know. <laughs> no, she doesn't refer to herself that way. Anyway. It's a, um, it's a snappy nickname. Last year's league average was 91 points. Last year's Bruins had, what, like 135? Yeah, I just looked it up. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an incredible pace that they're on right now, matched only by Vancouver. All the other teams are, like, in the mid to high 60s. So I think it'll slow down a little bit. I'm going to take the under. Okay, over. They're going to do it. They're going to, like, 135 was a, a record for the regular season. And people were like, oh, what are they going to do? They're going to be so much worse. They're gonna. They're on pace for 120. That shocked me when you sent this, Arcan. I, I would have guessed their pace was lower than that. I don't know what I thought it was. I didn't think it was 120 points. 
No other team in the NHL cracked 120 last year. In fact, looking at it, no other team, I believe, cracked 113. So, like, even if they did drop off Mego, to your point, and they fell off to 114, and I know Vancouver's right there with them this year, and uh, who else? Winnipeg is right there with them this year. Even if they put up 114 or 115, like, they still would have been better than every other team in the NHL last year when they drop off by 20 or 21 points or whatever. I think 120 is doable. I don't think they've been playing way above their heads. They might, they should, make an addition at the trade deadline. So I'll take the over on 119.5 points. All right, let's get to our second over-under. Number two. We found out today that neither Derek White nor Chris Dabbs Porzingis will be injury replacements on the All-Star team. So here's the question. We'll start with you, Jones. Who is going to finish the season with more total points scored? Derek White over under Chris Dabbs Porzingis. Now, White has played in 10 more games, but only has 16 more points than Porzingis. So who finishes with more points? I can be honest, I think this is pretty easy. Derek White plays pretty much every night. Porzingis already doesn't play uh, a frequent amount. He missed time for injuries. He won't play on every back-to-back. They'll probably rest him more down the stretch. Uh, They're not going to sit him too much because he's going to want to be in the mix, I would imagine, for all NBA and all the other awards at the end of the year, although being left off the all-star team doesn't bode well for making all NBA. Uh, So I imagine he'll sit even more in the second half of the year than he sat to this point on total points. I think Derek White does it and does it pretty easy. Yeah, Derek White, as you said, like one of the most available guys from their whole starters in any part of the rotation at the front of the bench. So I would say Derek White pretty handedly. I wouldn't be surprised if they sit Porzingis a lot in the second half of this, but it's to me it's like not so much about the All-NBA honors because I don't think he's going to get that. I think it's more if you believe in them trying to balance out the minutes and his conditioning level and all of that stuff and the the game experience leading up to playoffs. Real quick, do you have any problem with White or Porzingis being left off the All-Star team? Not injury replacements. Who got it? Trey Young and... Scotty Barnes. Thank you, Scotty Barnes. Not really, no. Scotty Barnes. <laughs> you know what I mean? The, the Celtics players shouldn't make it over Scotty Barnes? I mean, Scotty Barnes, maybe. I don't... What are, what are Scotty's numbers? I can't do say not familiarize. I don't know. Why How's they... possible is Scotty Barnes? Scotty Barnes. Why do the Raptors have an All-Star? Like, why the hell do they have an All-Star? They have 17 wins. Why do they have one All-Star? Who is All-Star caliber player in this league? That they shouldn't there have you go. All-Star. He's an All-Star caliber. Well, he's got 20 points a night. So what? Eight on a, rebounds. On a, on a horrible team. So Six what? Assists. On a bad team. So? So? I, I put, I'm just not, I've never been part of this Derek White deserves All-Star okay, stuff. I, I put both these. Okay, I didn't know Scotty Barnes was going to be an All-Star. I, I put these How's two. that possible? Derek, I, Derek White's only got 16 points a night. Okay, but, Four he's, rebounds, but he's like the fourth assists. or fifth option on the best team in the league. Scotty Barnes scores four more points a night than him, and he's the number one option? Well, it's not that about the, the all-team. It's about the all-star. Scotty Barnes is going to be all-star. He's going to be the face of this league. I understand. A lot, of, ta- a lot of times your team's success does factor into it. Like, there's not a lot of teams with uh, uh, players from losing teams unless you're having an awesome year, and Scotty Barnes is not having an awesome year. Raptors on a rough skin right now. Too. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not, I don't think fans were clamoring for Scotty Barnes. So here's what I want to know about it, and uh, maybe we can circle back to it. Our players going to be pissed they got left off. Scal told us that weeks ago, mm-hmm. and now the Celtics only have two All-Stars. So How is that possible? All right, here's our third over-under. Number three. All right, how much money is going to legally be gambled on Super Bowl 58 in the United States? A survey just came out that over. ESPN printed that said it is going to be $23.1 billion is what's estimated. So the over-under is $23.15 billion. Do they clear it? I think, Jones, we've got your answer. I've already I've already made like 10 bets on the Super Bowl. I've already locked in like a bunch of bets on the Super Bowl. So I over. already bet $20 billion yeah. on the Super Bowl. You betting on the national anthem with your, well, is Reba singing it? 
Is Reba the national anthem? I think she is. Is that okay. what she's singing? Yeah, I'm so sure I feel Massachusetts like can make national anthem bets. That's I ha- I was, where your expertise really is. I though. haven't wagered on a lot of those props yet. I've done, you know, uh, some four leg parlays, Arcand. I think I bet on no turnovers happening in the game. Front leg parlays? It is Reba. I bet on, thank you. I bet on uh, Debo to get a couple of touchdowns in the game. I, I, I have like, I, honestly, like at least eight bets on the Super yeah, Bowl. Yeah, I also yeah. agree over because you've got the biggest star in the league in there and the Niners who are other than their quarterback, like, have big names around it. So you're going to get a lot of idiots who think that they know a lot about football when they should be betting on Reba. Can't wait. Can't wait. So Reba opened at uh, 86 seconds. It has now risen to 90.5 We can't bet in this state on the the anthem? Why? That's what, I don't know. That's what Arkan said. It says, well, I'm reading now from Forbes. If you're in the U.S., no legal and regulated online sports book are going to accept standalone wagers on the national anthem. The only exception is that it ties into the game, <laughs> as in DraftKings offers a wager of whether the time of the national anthem will exceed the longest drive of the game. Got or it. something like so that. So it can't be, it has, be, something it has related, to be some yeah. sort of prop. You, you can't, can't be a standalone bet. Why can't it just be I a bet on the hot dog. I don't know, because maybe I could pay Reba on the side, and yeah. all of a sudden I've influenced. So I'm sure that's the logic. That's stupid, oh, but I'm sure that's, that's the logic. Silly. 617-779-793. Reba's not for sale. That's triple play. <laughs> no, but if she were, uh, we'll get to your feedback here. That was triple play each and every day at this time. Flopping. <sighs> Scotty Barnes. Uh, we'll get back to the coaching staff and uh, some scary information. Can I let Ryan know that I've changed Megsplaining because something deeply disturbing has does, happened in my personal Ryan, life? Does Ryan know what Megsplaining is? Well, I had I a different did. plan. Yeah. Okay. Well, the plan has changed, Ryan. We'll Let's get, to get the, disturbed. We'll like get it. to the coaching staff next, then we can discuss Megsplaining. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates Father's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 